0: NBA fans welcome back to another episode of full court press episode 33 promptly titled the scarred plight Rises because <laughs> uh, the injury bug <laughs> has cometh yet again. Uh, but first things first, let me introduce you to my confidant and uh, my uh, my uh, my Batman if you will, I guess in this scenario I'd be Superman. I'm definitely not Absolutely. Robin, but don't even throw that
1: shit. No. At me. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was I thought you were going there. I was going to say no, you're definitely Superman in this scenario. Joel would be Robin. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: There we go. There we go. I th- I'm not sure if Joel would be down with that, but maybe.
1: No, <laughs> um, definitely not.
0: <laughs> what's good, man? What what's going on?
1: What's going on, buddy? I'm ready to talk some basketball.
0: Fuck yeah, man. Well, first things first, before we get into all this injury updates, we got a huge Blake Buster to talk about. Blake Griffin has been traded, along with Willie Reed and Bryce Johnson, to the Detroit Pistons in exchange for Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban Marjanovic, and Detroit's 2018 first-round pick and 2019 second-round pick. Um damn, this was crazy. This shit just totally came out of nowhere. Definitely, I, I feel like took everybody in the NBA by surprise. Um, like, I mean, it, it's certainly reminiscent of the Boogie Cousins trade last year because, you know, I mean, that was kind of the same deal as, you know, a, a kind of a star player in the league. Not that Blake's on the same level as Boogie, obviously, but star player in the league gets moved. Um, although I will say this. Um, you know, obviously we covered it earlier about how they reached out to Minnesota about Cat, and I, I heard a lot of people saying like they didn't even know Blake was on the block, and I was like, man, it was like fucking three weeks ago they were like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we we want to get Cat, and it was like short term memory, I guess. Um, <laughs> but like maybe maybe they were just like us, Juan, and they were just like this can't be serious. Like, like, you know, this, this this ain't even real life right now. Like, come on, you you didn't really make that phone call. Um, but anyway, man, what's your what's your thoughts on this this whole Blake Griffin deal? Whether you got a winner, whether you got a loser, or, or, you know, who do you like it for more? Um, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Um, well, I'd say this. Uh, no one was more shocked than Blake. Uh, according to him, <laughs> he found out on social media, so he didn't even get Damn. a phone call. So they—they they Terrence Howard is that. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's never good to hear. That's never good to hear. Um, as far as I, I think they both won. Uh, in this scenario, you have a a, a somewhat friendly contract with with Blake. Um, what that could mean for Detroit is it's now some place that uh not star talent like a Paul George or LeBron, but um secondary uh players that you need to better fill that roster might look at it next year and go okay Blake Andre Drummond both both all-stars obviously Blake's not an all-star this year hasn't been in like three years um, but you know great talents like that maybe I can come in and and take that team over the top so you're starting to put Detroit uh, especially if Blake can get them in the playoff picture this year at like a maybe five or six seed uh, you, you will have uh, some some other guys that'll look at Detroit um, more so than they would have before getting Blake. Um as far as the Clippers, uh I've been saying this since the deal happened. If you're the Clippers, you need to flip everything. Flip DeAndre, yeah. flip Avery Bradley. Even though Avery Bradley's a little uh a little difficult to flip, um I, I, I don't know the, the particulars, but I do know it's a little harder to flip uh Avery Bradley. Um he is having I, a rough Aaron, year
0: I think his yeah. I think his player efficiency rating this year is like ten. So
1: it definitely but, is. But I, mean, I will say this: it's it's more so because of San Van Gundy um, uh, than um, than anything else. I don't think Avery Bradley has now become this bad basketball player. I do think the system just doesn't necessarily fit him. Uh, I do think though. I, I will
0: say this though: I I do think it's mm-hmm. interesting that both he and Jay Crowder were like the two players they kind of got, like, moved in that in that whole um, deal as far as players who had been there for a long time. Oh, well, and Isaiah Thomas as well, obviously. Um, right. But n- neither of the two of them have uh, who have played all season have played well for their respective uh, teams. So now that could obviously just be both of those teams. Um, but, I mean, I think a lot of that could also go to Like, there are a lot of teams in the league who don't have
1: Brad Stevens.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, that's very true. And honestly, that's – a lot of people – and I'm not saying anyone here does it, but a lot of people use the term system in a negative connotation. That's not a negative thing. Uh, That's just saying um, a a player that that had, like, somewhat potential, uh, a coach like Brad Stevens was able to maximize that potential. Um, you know, and like I said, I do not think the two systems that Crowder and Bradley in necessarily fit those two players. Uh, we know right. the the circus that Cleveland's dealing with, and I just don't – I never thought the Pistons was a good fit for Bradley. I was actually hoping when he uh, – because I believe he got traded there. I was hoping when he got traded there, they would, they would move him somewhere else because uh, I just never thought that was a really good fit for him. So I think that's the issue for both of those players. Uh, Just two really crazy situations for them. Um, But what I was saying for the Clippers, if I'm them, even though Doc came out, I believe it was yesterday or or, or today, saying that they're not going to trade everybody. Well, cool, that's fine. That's what you say to the media. Behind closed doors, if you're actually thinking that, you're an idiot and they should fire you immediately. That team currently constructed can do nothing. It attracts no one. What will attract anyone to that team is if you're able to flip Tobias flip Bradley, flip DJ, flip Lou Williams, um, and get possibly whether it's first round or second round draft picks from that, and then you you draft really well, you get those really good young players, then you can maybe surround those young players, build from the bottom up. Um, But what's crazy about the Clippers is, from what I just heard today, uh, maybe 20, 30 minutes ago uh, by uh, Ward Janowski, he was saying the Clippers are in contract talks with Lou Williams. So if I'm Lou yeah. Williams, the one thing I'm concerned with is, well, you just gave Blake a new contract, like literally just gave him a new contract and traded him. So I don't know if that's in my best interest. Uh, right. I'd rather go somewhere else and set my market because if you're the Clippers, it works for you because it's super easy to trade them. Because once you have a, a, set, a set limit and people know – what they have to pay Lou Williams on on a yearly basis, they're you know they're more willing to take on that contract. But if he goes somewhere as a free agent where he sets his market, a lot of teams might not be too quick to jump on that. So if you're the Clippers, well, that just, works.
0: Not to mention uh, a lot of teams. Yeah, and not to mention a lot of teams won't be able to pay him because they won't have his bird Right. Exactly. So teams that would exactly. ideally want him wouldn't wouldn't have the money to and it's it's a risk trading for him right now because yeah like you said i mean if 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 you're trading for him now he's expiring, so not only can he leave you but you don't know how much he's going to cost you um yep you know which absolutely. is absolutely which is you know and that's interesting because I think you you led in in into the show with you know Blake Griffin's on a um somewhat favorable contract and like uh I think that's something that kind of has kind of gotten overlooked. I mean, obviously not favorable in the sense of uh, the amount of money he's making, but the fact that he signed no. for five years. Like the, mm-hmm. the five years I think is so big for a team like Detroit, who like you were saying, is that they suffer. They, they cannot attract free agents from there. Um, and so like because you have uh, Blake for five years, you have uh, um, Andre Drummond for four. Like you have your front court for the next three seasons after this one. So, I mean, that's that's something you know to to really kind of uh, take note of if you are a player looking for you know a destination, um, you know next next off season. Now, obviously, the the um, the Pistons don't have really have a lot of uh, cap room uh, they in fact may I believe depending on where the cap goes and and, and, and the varying players salary go up um, they might be in the luxury tax um, right. but one one thing they can do is use their um, their their, their uh, uh, mid-level exception um, and you know then they could afford to pay five point seven million dollars. If you're a five point seven million dollar role player, um, you, you know, say you're either a two guard or a small forward, like, you know, the the Pistons could certainly use you and if you could see your skill set working with that team, um, that you know is, is going to be around and this is obviously a move that's saying we are going to compete now. Like we we don't you know, we don't have any interest of of trying to you know, uh just tank or or, you know, trade off our, our assets for picks or anything like that. So like I do think that is somewhat promising as long as Detroit is willing to, you know, hand over that money and go into the uh go into the luxury tax. Um but I, I and, and well and another thing I think that's interesting is you know, if they are already in the luxury tax, I think they might be even more willing to do it. Like if the salaries yeah. depending like I said, depending on where the cap goes, but if they're already in the luxury tax, um, and they don't have to worry about like, well, next year when we go into the luxury tax we'll be a repeat offender, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you're already gonna be a repeat offender. So um Yeah. So like, you know, that, that can work out in in uh like Stan in Gundy's favor as far as selling that to the organization. Um, and also, you know, the biggest thing here too uh, is they just got a new stadium uh, or arena, rather, um, in in downtown Detroit. And Blake Griffin sells tickets. He's been selling tickets in for Clippers games for like eight years. Like, I mean, to Clippers games. Like, like I don't even like. Uh, I I think we've almost kind of been a little spoiled with the Clippers, you know, the last, you know, four or five seasons. Um, but they are not – they were never, ever, ever a huge draw. So, I mean, he was the guy who came in and started selling tickets before they even got CP3. So, like, th- that, I think that's a big thing for Detroit as well and for San Van Gundy to sell to the organization. Like, look, I know we're going to have to go into the luxury tax to, like, make this team – um effective, but like we got you a superstar who's going to sell you that many more tickets, especially if we're winning. Um, so like, I kind of agree with you. I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a good trade given where Detroit wants to be. Like, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are projecting their desires onto this franchise like that like mm-hmm. well obviously you're not going to win a championship with Blake Griffin and 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 Drummond it's like no probably not i mean i seriously doubt it uh, i mean it would take a fucking miracle for that to happen but like yep. maybe that's not what maybe that's not what the pistons want right now they just don't want to be bad and there's nothing well, wrong with I... that we need more we need more teams who you know aren't just going to tank like i say that being a hawks fan and being very happy that we're in the situation <laughs> we're in mind you but nevertheless like not every not every team in the league can do that all at one time you know so you need teams yeah. like detroit who who want to um you, you know who who want to stay in playoff contention and 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 you know try to win a playoff series like that's that's I nothing mean, to
1: be nothing to be looked down at no, absolutely not. I, honestly, I, I'll say this. I do think it was a good trade for both. But if I was running things in, in Detroit – by the way, a lot of teams should start paying attention to the Pistons and the um, the Clippers situation on why you shouldn't give your head coach kind of like uh, personnel control. Because I don't mean personnel yeah. control. Right, right. Because – For Doc and for Gundy, it just hasn't worked out uh, the best. Um, And I think that was starting to become a trend. I think we have three or four uh, coaches that have that kind of power that shouldn't really have that kind of power. But to the point that I was trying to make, um, if I was running things in Detroit, I wouldn't have made this trade for Blake Griffin for two reasons. One, um, it doesn't necessarily – like this isn't a situation with AD and – Demarcus Cousins Certainly. to where they make yeah. each other better. Um, I do not, I do not see. And again, we have to wait to see them play together. But I don't see a situation where Blake makes Drummond better or Drummond makes Blake better. Um, Drake this, oh, Drake. Wow, Blake this season. I'm sorry, uh, I was mixing Drummond and Blake. Um, Blake this season has kind of not really shot that well. So, this isn't a team that that has a lob city mentality where they're throwing a lot of lobs up. So, you're not going to get a lot of easy looks. Uh, Drummond works really hard to get the points that he does. Uh, Obviously, when they're not playing Cleveland and Cleveland gives up uh, like they did the other night. But um, I I, I just, the the way this team looks um, and the fact that you, you know, the point that you brought up before, they don't have a lot of cap room to kind of make this team better or any other trade assets to make this team better um, going forward. So when I just look at this, I look at it like, all right, well, Gundy did it purely to save his job. Everyone, uh, you know, states the fact of, uh, you know, well, they wanted to put butts in seats. Yeah, no, that that, that is true, but Gundy purely did it to save his job. Um, because if he couldn't have gotten Blake Griffin, I believe this would have been one, if not this year, next year, definitely his last year coaching for the Pistons. Um, They've underachieved a team that we thought was going to possibly um, do kind of like what the Miami Heat are doing. Uh, They've underachieved what we thought they were going to do. So I get the trade. That's why I said it's a good move, puts butts in seats. Blake Griffin isn't a scrub, but he's also somebody that you're committed to for the next five years that does have a really, really, really bad injury history. So it's like, you pairing him up with Andre Drummond, I don't see how that makes Drummond better. I don't see how that makes Blake better. I don't really see how this team is going to tremendously become better because Blake being there. So if, if it were me, I wouldn't have made that trade um, just because I, I don't see how Blake makes, makes uh, my players better and can lift this team to where we really need to be. Because uh, if I'm the Pistons, having a guy like Drummond and and Blake, my thought isn't just let's just make the playoffs. No, my thoughts are I want to be talked about the same way the Celtics are, the Raptors are, uh, Miami Heat, you know, where they are in in the East. I want to be like that. I don't want to just be happy to be at the table. I want to be accustomed to being at the table on a regular. Um, So I just don't see Blake being that piece that does that for them. But I could completely be wrong. But like I was saying, if I was the Pistons, I wouldn't have. But I get why they did.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, I probably would not have done it either. Um, but it doesn't, like, I still I still look at it and say it makes sense to me given what we should expect from the Pistons.
1: Division should yeah. at least
0: get them to what we expected them to be. And that's the thing, like, Avery Bradley hasn't played well for you this season. Tobias Harris has been surprisingly good, but his contract's up after next year. So then you're looking at paying him too. Um, So instead you just get back a guy in Blake Griffin. You have to give up a first and a second rounder, which I think is probably a little excessive. Um, But (laughs) you're, you're talking about you're talking about a team that, you know, passed on Devin Booker Um, they recently passed on Donovan Mitchell. Um, they haven't been very successful when it comes to drafting, when they get late lottery picks. Um, they're just, for whatever reason, man, they're scouting or whatever. Like they're just not one of the teams, you know, like San Antonio or the Los Angeles Lakers that just utilize their draft picks very well or Boston. Um, but you know, so if you can get a proven talent like that, like I totally understand why you do it um i don't I don't fault them for it i I do think the clippers uh i do like the trade more for the clippers um though but, before i say before i before I go into the reason why um Blake's not shooting great this, this season, um uh, especially from mid range but he's taking five point seven threes a game and he's making thirty just north of thirty four percent um, which obviously isn't fantastic by any means um, that's up uh, uh, roughly about a percent uh, almost a percent from last year um, so his, his three point shooting has, has kind of steadily increased the last two three uh two or three years um, so I mean I think that's something to to consider too and he's taking way more threes this year than he ever has in his career so he is he is uh, evolutionizing his game. Um, he knows mm-hmm. he's not the high flyer that he used to be, um, and so he's doing different things. And as far as I do agree with you that I don't think Andre uh, uh, Andre makes Blake better, but I do think that Blake will make Drummond better um, because he will um, essentially be able – to uh, have another big guy in the box that uh, can provide a presence, but then can also spread the floor, can also contribute with offensive rebounds, which will be, uh, you know, other put-back opportunities for the both of them. I don't think it necessarily makes Blake better because he's moving from one – Uh, DeAndre Jordan Jordan to Andre Drummond, which is the same kind of player. I think the best possible situation for Blake would be to put – to set him up um, with – in a sort of Al Horford scenario where he plays four for about half the game and then plays small ball five for the other half the game. And if you have a player like Andre Drummond, you don't necessarily want Blake Griffin to eat up those minutes. Um, so I don't necessarily think that is the ideal situation for Blake Griffin, but I do think it will be, I do think it will make Drummond a little bit better. And I do think that, um, you're not going to see a decline because he's used to playing with a player like Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan. Um, but I will say this. I, I, I do like the pick or the trade rather better uh, for the Clippers because of the flexibility that they now have, and I, I and I think this this just this trade has Jerry West written all over it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like because they you know they when Blake Griffin wanted to come back, you know they had this this sit down and um, about how they wanted him to be a Clipper for life and this and that and it was Doc and it was um, the owner and um, you know all that. Sort of uh, love fest going on. And then, you know, Jerry West had been hired, but he was just a consultant, so he wasn't really in the middle of everything. And then, you know, Doc is no longer the, the acting uh, uh, president of basketball operations. Now it's kind of moved into Jerry West's hands. And so Jerry West comes in and says, no, this is not good. You've got an injury prone player who's signed on for five years. At you know thirty five ish million dollars a year, um, you know when you look at the average, uh, it, we have no cap flexibility. We uh, we're we're like look at us right now. We're in the ninth seed. Like maybe we'll make the playoffs, maybe not. If we do, we're going to get swept by the Warriors. Like no, we need to we need to be smarter about this. We need to we need to make some some transactions to uh, get assets and see what we can do and maybe we can just maybe we can do enough uh here there to to stay competitive and not be uh a, a bottom feeder if you will because i think that's the thing that clippers fans should be worried about they wouldn't want to be a you know a bottom feeder um but I do think uh, another big thing, will, as far as if this team can compete, I mean, they haven't had Gallinari all season, pretty much. Um, so if, if Gallinari can come in and play some, some stretch four for him, Tobias Harris at the three, um, you know, that's not that's not bad if, if they end up keeping uh, Harris. Um, and then, you know, you got a couple players to choose from at the two. Um, Beverly's out for the rest of this season, but honestly, I would trade Lou Williams cause I feel like his value is higher. I would keep Avery Bradley. And then I would try to run a, uh, I'd fire doc. I'd bring in David Fisdale and I would, I would try mm-hmm. to run a backcourt of, of Pat Bev and Avery Bradley. Cause they're two of the best defenders in the league. They can both score effectively, not efficiently, but effectively. Um, then if you got Tobias Harris and Gallinari um, and then whoever you figure out to be your center, because I would definitely trade DeAndre Jordan as well. Um, But no, I mean, I I think that could be a somewhat effective team. And if you can get a couple more draft picks, like you said, to add to what you got out of this Blake deal, um, yeah, I mean, it it may not be so bad. And then in 2019, uh, well, first of all, I think all this talk about LeBron James next season is, is, fucking stupid. Um, yep. But, uh, but as far as 2019, there are some, some players who are coming up um, who may Kawhi be, and they can, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Klay Thompson, like I'm not necessarily yep. sold on Klay Thompson staying in golden state. Like I think he probably will. Like, I mean, if I had to put money on it, I would definitely um, bet that he would stay. Um but you're going to have a lot of cap space and you could sell, uh, you could put yourself in a position to, to sell a um, like a Kyrie Kawhi team up. Uh, Although I think Kyrie leaving would be even, even like further, you know, outside of a possibility, but maybe you get clay and Kawhi. Maybe you could sell clay and Kawhi and come in and play in LA for a guy like Jerry West. Who was responsible for uh, turning the Lakers around in the mid 90s? He was responsible for building a um, legitimate playoff contender for Memphis. He was responsible uh, for build, for helping build a you know what's what looks like will be a dynasty in Golden State. The guy knows how to construct basketball teams. So yep, I I, I think. I think the Clippers are in a really good spot, um, which is why I do like to trade a little more than them. And they have very, very, very few contracts that go longer than two years. So they're going to have a lot of caps to play with in 2019.
1: I actually think, um, if I I saw this correctly or or heard this correctly, I don't remember which one it was, I think the only guy that they have locked up right now um, is Gallinari. So they right, have a the lot of... Uh, it's expensive. Right.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. if they do what you said, then yeah. But like I said, Doc's saying we're not going to trade everybody. Yeah, no, again, that's really cool to say. But DJ Lou, um, and I, I'd even say you were saying keep Tobias Harris. I, I'm still on the idea of you can maybe get a second rounder for Tobias Harris. Won't no, I It will not be necessarily a first. high one.
0: No, I, see, don't I, would, know if, I, would, I don't
1: know. Because I'm thinking about it, well, a team that that needs Tobias enough that would give you a first rounder. I, I don't think there's really that many people out there. The
0: only the only team that I can really think of is the Blazers. Um, and is is yeah, Tobias the kind of player that you that you want? I don't know. Um, I mean, I mean he is I mean, still young. And Mo if Hartless you really and, and Aminu have have way underachieved and you know you've got your star player saying when are we going to make a move so you know i, I, mean, I think i think i think it could work right, out right. if for no other reason than Harris uh you know fills the void of what they need as far as they need either a guy who can play the 3 or a guy who can play the 4 and Harris can do both so it yeah. gives you flexibility um It's just a matter of, like, what do you, like, like, like? obviously what you would ideally want to do is trade Evan Turner and a first-round pick for Tobias Harris, and I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would want to take on Evan Turner's contract because it's got that extra third year. Now you're dealing with Turner and Gallinari in 2019 being big contracts on your books. So, like, what else could you work out? maybe something based around Aminu um, cuz he's only got 1 year left after this year at Davis um I think that would get you to about maybe 13 million uh so 13 and change so I think that would be enough to to trade for um for Harris's contract uh so yeah I mean if if you could pull that off I would I would totally do it um you know uh, get a reasonably good first rounder i who's, you know a defensive type player you just you could probably just wave at davis um and then yeah but like I would definitely want uh i wouldn't mind just keeping Harris and letting his contract run out and seeing what you can what you can achieve in in you know two thousand nineteen and then you know if, if nothing works you can always um, and he's still available. You can always try to re-sign him.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just saying um, if you're shopping around Lou and DeAndre, just put out a feeler for Tobias, see what people are offering, and if and if it oh, makes yeah, sure. sense, then then ship them. Um, because if I'm the Clippers, if I can get as many first and second round picks as possible back. Um, for those three or four players, if you want to add in maybe Bradley, um, I'm doing that. I, I, I have yeah. to do that. And if I'm the city of, uh, of L.A. as far as the, the Clippers side, I have to look at it like this. Think about how long it was to the Clippers were relevant. Think about, think about that amount of time that you don't want that franchise to go through again. So if that's the case, right. allow them to draft properly. Allow them to build from the bottom up. So, you know, going forward, oh, okay, in 10, 15 years, we got we got this young squad that, you know, can really take things. Or, like right. you said, you can kind of try to stay aggressive now, keep Tobias, keep uh, Bradley uh, paired up with um, uh, uh, Pat Beverly, and then maybe try to go uh, make a move for Kawhi Leonard in, in a year or two. So, you definitely – they have options, but that's why you have to get rid of DJ – and Lou Williams so it opens up your options even more.
0: Right. Yeah, because those are two people who can definitely net you picks. Like, yep, those those two guys will definitely net you each respectively a late first rounder to early a second round pick, like that's, that's well within the realm of possibility. Um, And that's if you're taking back favorable contracts, if you're taking back non-favorable contracts, which I don't think the Clippers have any interest in doing, you could probably get an even better pick. Um, But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That's why I I think the Clippers got the slightly better end of the deal. But again, it just, it, it, it has to do with what each team's goals are. And so each team wins in the, in in the respect that they're each team is getting what they feel they need. Um, you know, I, I just hope Blake Griffin can stay healthy in Detroit because um I I would hate to see this, this move really backfire on the Pistons. Because, um, I mean I, I feel like I don't know, I feel like the Pistons are kind of just one of those teams that uh that everybody uh uh, respects, you know, like um, the, the big four when the history. Pistons had yeah, when the Pistons had their big four, man like that was just a team, like nobody was a superstar, like that was probably the last team to win an NBA championship that didn't have a superstar um, so I mean that's huge, and then even the bad boys, man, like nobody wanted to fuck with the bad boys, so um, so like, yeah, I mean I, just, I, I would hate to see this backfire and, and end up being in a situation where um, it's really cost them. So hopefully, hopefully both teams can do well based on the you know what they what they're getting back, um, and you know we'll see how it goes. Um, we mentioned Demarcus Cousins earlier. Sad, sad, sad story. Uh, he has suffered a torn Achilles and he will miss the remainder of the season. Um, obviously, this puts. The Pelicans' playoff uh, birth in jeopardy, Jawan. Um, but it, it kind of also brings up questions about Cousins' future, um, both on his end and for the Pelicans. Um, you know, torn Achilles are. Or, or, I mean, that's obviously what ended Kobe Bryant's career. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you're and you're dealing with a player who carries around a lot more. Muscle and weight, than you know, a player like Kobe Bryant. Granted, he's a lot younger, um, and so hopefully that that that'll help out too. Um, but how do you see this kind of playing out uh, for you know the Pelicans this season? Like, what what do you think they'll do? Um, you know, kind of moving forward uh, for this year, and you know, if you're if you're, you know, judging this injury off of past injuries, are you still willing to give Demarcus Cousins a max deal? Um. Well,
1: when when you look at one of your star players and Anthony Davis, who has a history of injuries, none I don't believe to the severity of what Demarcus Cousins had. Um, the biggest thing, if you're the Pelicans. This goes to the point me and you, Nick, were were somewhat trying to make at the beginning of the season. Um, You can't keep both. And here's the biggest reason why. Um, I I was listening to someone today who was saying, um, a lot of people who are saying DeMarcus got that because of his workload, um, that sometimes it's conditioning, sometimes – because it was a non-contact injury. So it wasn't like a a bang-bang play that that happened. But if you're the Pelicans, think about it like this. If you signed DeMarcus long-term and, you know, your plan is to hold on to AD and, and not trade him at any point, you're now dealing with two guys who, um, you know, now have a, a bad injury uh, pass. So it's like, all right, the, the problem that you were having was, and I still think this is part of the reason why uh, DeMarcus Cousins had that, that injury, his workload was so heavy. It was so heavy. Think about the games where A.D. went down. This guy, I think, was on the bench for like four seconds before he had to come back in the game because that team can't do anything if there's no A.D. or DeMarcus Cousins. So it's like, all right, well, what happens if A.D., God forbid, I'm knocking on wood right now, is out for a season and you need DeMarcus Cousins, uh, you know, to play heavy minutes to keep that team, you know, just in the game, let alone win it you're now risking, uh, you know, that guy who we don't even know how he's going to come back. Um, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins can come back the same guy he was this season. Um, I, I, I just don't. I, I, I don't. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to the Kobe situation. I think youth is the advantage that DeMarcus Cousins has. That's the only advantage he has because we know how well Kobe Bryant took care of his body. Um, you know, he just couldn't bounce back from it because, you know, he was just old. He was, he was kind of getting old uh, in basketball years. So it was just he couldn't keep doing that to the level of what he had to do before. Um, but if I'm the Pelicans, I'm looking at this and I'm going, I don't know if I can. I'd rather, you know, use that money to better surround Anthony Davis with talent and just move forward with that. I mean, Anthony Davis did lead uh, a team to, to the playoffs. You know, so he's capable of doing it. He just has to have better personnel around him. Um, And if I'm another team looking at at DeMarcus Cousins, I'm going kind of like what we assume, Nick, Joel Embiid's contract has as far as stipulations. I think if I sign DeMarcus Cousins, mine has to have stipulations only because of the severity of an injury like that. And, again, DeMarcus Cousins, and I'm only talking basketball years, not his actual age. He's getting up there in basketball age. So he's not like 22 and this happened and it's like, all right, well, he has a long way to go before we have to worry about, like, you know, basketball age creeping up on him. I think he's like 25 or 26. So it's like, all right, well, he's entering into – oh, okay, even worse. He's 27, entering, kind of getting into that, uh, well, he'll be at 30 at some point. So if you're locking him up for four or five years – you're getting him in that downward uh, spiral age of, of, you know, him entering his 30s. So I'm a little hesitant on that. I definitely have uh, restrictions if I'm signing him long-term. But, yeah, this was definitely uh, horrible to see. I told you I had faith in this team uh, going very far in the playoffs and um, DeMarcus Cousins being a guy that we could look at as an MVP candidate. But that's all gone now. And if I'm A.D., I need my team to make something work. I, I know this Miritic thing was, was something being discussed that Miritic's kind of holding up on his end. But if you're the Pelicans and you can get that to happen, that would help this team out tremendously. Yeah, I mean, it certainly would. And that's it's, it's interesting
0: that that was kind of one of the directions that they chose to go, that they chose to, um, you know, essentially try to package um, a draft pick. Uh, a, a first round pick no less. Um and uh Ashik who obviously is is I heard somebody what did they call it? They called him the uh, the poor man's joke him Noah. Um <laughs> uh, which I think is yeah. a very fitting uh <laughs> fitting title uh for the guy. Very accurate. Because um, he because c- he doesn't ever play. <laughs> He's always hurt. <laughs> um and uh, you know, I mean I think I think it's uh it's it's re- a reasonable move. Um, but what I found more interesting is the why it didn't work out. Um, but let's get into that in a minute. I, I, I want to kind of, uh, go back and talk a little bit about, um, just, just this, this, you know, unfortunate, uh, event. Um, I, man, like that's the thing I was, I was finally coming around to like you and me both, like Joel was sitting there, like, for months being like you gotta give it time you gotta give it time and, and you and me are like you don't fucking have time bro like you gotta <laughs> like, you gotta you gotta get, like get get some value for this guy um but uh you could find yourself in a situation in the future where you're having to you know try to pull off uh a, you know a, a trade like the Clippers just did and maybe you don't get the turn or maybe you don't have any takers. If, if he is just that, you know, just never the same. Um, I almost think that you scout out a team right now, you think they'd be that desperate. Um, I, I honestly think I would be, I would be phoning Washington and saying, you know, would you give me Kelly Oubre, Martin Guita and your first round pick? Because, I mean, at least that way, cap space-wise, you're like, Gortat comes off the books uh, after next year. He's older, but he's a formidable center. Kelly Oubre is a great young small forward, and you get a draft pick with them taking back Boogie Cousins and John Wallace out. So pretty much all that team has is Bradley Beal and Porter, who's not played very well this year. Um, like, hopefully they they lose a bunch of games and you find yourself with a reasonably good draft pick. Um, so, like, you know, I mean, I, I, I would be looking for deals like that with teams that you think would be desperate enough to make that move. Because I think, like, it, I, I don't necessarily know that I would do it if I was Washington just because of how nervous injuries make make me. Um, but I think Washington would do it just because, you know, if they could have, you know, a big three of their own, um, you know, I, I just feel like they would probably do it, especially – with you know two of those guys being Kentucky guys I think they would feel like they had a pretty good shot at re-signing him and all that so you know that's 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 probably the, the really more the direction I would be going and and the thing is like if you picked up Oubre and, and Gortat you you're still going to make the playoffs this season like you're probably going to get find it easier to trade Boogie for a couple good players and assets not great players by any means, but a couple good players and assets, um, then you would be trading your first-round pick for an asset that you, I, I guess, are hope, hoping that is expiring so you can clear cap space mm-hmm. for when you do to re-sign Boogie. Um, but that brings me to my, honestly, no, my next point. Go. I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead.
1: No, I was just going to uh, say, honestly, um, go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: Um, but well, I, I was just going to say, I, I agree. I'm not sure if you do sign Boogie to that, to that max level extension. And if you do, I, I, I totally agree. I think you have to look at Joel Embiid's contract and, and kind of put that into play. But the biggest thing is, is if you do that, I don't know, man, I don't know how Boogie would react to that.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, it's a business and, what he would have to understand is, if you go down again, that's it. <laughs> like that's it. We're in the same. Yeah. You know, if 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 we're talking, uh, if if you know, if you're the Pelicans and you know you resign them, you're in the same situation Anthony Davis has been in for, since he got drafted, to where he has to do everything. And now, it, what's even scarier is, at least when you had DeMarcus Cousins, what was what was the number one thing, Nick? I was always saying. Uh, when the question came up of would you take A.D. or or, or Boogie? Availability means everything to me. I can depend on Boogie Cousins because he is not an injury-prone guy. He is always relatively um, healthy, and he's usually always on the court. So it's like now that he had this kind of injury, that changes things. (laughs) So it's like if A.D. goes down with with a nagging injury – and Boogie goes down with a nagging injury, I am completely stuck. Now, to to the trade that you were saying, I honestly, and I I get you with being a little nervous about it, but if I'm Washington, I pull the trigger on that. Here's the main reason why. If, and this is a huge if, but you deal with ifs every day in basketball, in sports, if DeMarcus Cousins can come back and at least be a 20-10 and guy, matched up with John Wall and Bradley Beal, I don't know if I could, uh, with a straight face, tell you that team isn't top three in the East, especially if LeBron goes. Right. So, to me, if I'm the Wizards, I don't necessarily get that phone call and go, oh, hell no, and, and hang up the phone. Right. I go, oh, no, not at hmm. all. I
0: think they would totally do that it. That
1: would completely I think they would, would do it in a heartbeat. Change, right. It would completely change the balance of the East, especially if you can get, if DeMarcus, at the very least, can give you 50-something games, uh 50 to 55 games next season. Um and you can keep John Wall out of the uh you know the uh the doctor's office like he's been it seems like a lot this year. Um that team could really be a team you have to look at and go, "Well, damn. Like how do we stop John Wall, Bradley Beal, and DeMarcus Cousins?" So I right. think if I'm Washington, I definitely look at that. I look at this year like you're not beating Boston. I I don't think um, and I don't think you're beating, if you're Washington, um, Toronto. So as no. much as that makes me sick to say. So it's like, <laughs> you can't, and John Wall's out for almost two months, so that team's definitely going to take a dip. So it's like, well, if you're going to take a dip and you're not really going to make that much noise in the playoffs anyway, watch the season, make a move for DeMarcus Cousins, and and plan out some huge things for next year. So I definitely love that idea that you brought up, but I am with you on I I'd, I'd still be a little nervous because injuries make me very very nervous.
0: Yeah, well I mean just that kind of injury makes you very nervous. Like it's right. it's just that's that's it. And and um the only player um in in recent memory that is like even close. To, uh, similar to Boogie in size and stature as Elton Brand who suffered the same injury right. and he never right. came back like granted I no. think he was a little older I think he was like 29-30 when it happened um, but it, like people forget how good Elton Brand was when he was young and after that injury just never the same so like that's just I mean that's the thing that would just linger over my head and if you're the Pelicans and you, like you said you already got AD, it's not like Drew Holiday has been the picture-perfect portrait of health. Um, like, that would just worry me. But, you know what? I don't think... I mean, I I think... I don't think they're going to do that at all. I mean, I think uh, the fact that they were exploring the, you know, ability to get Meritage points to the contrary. I think they'll sign Boogie to the max, and I think it'll come back to bite them in the ass. Because now you got yeah. your best three players... Um, are you know two of them are historically you know not the healthiest players, and then you know you got Boogie coming off a, a, a just a horrifying injury, um, and you know and, the reason the reason that I think they'll do it. Is because just look at the contract they gave Drew Holiday. Ain't nobody around the league yeah. was going to give that contract to Drew Holiday. And so if they gave no. that contract to Drew Holiday, you know they're going to pay Boogie Max. They won't put any injury protections on it. They'll just give him the money and cross their fingers and hope for the best. And it's like, man, and
1: like. The the worst thing about that is if you do sign them, even if, even if they are smart, like we're hoping they're they're smart and put some restrictions in there if it doesn't work out his trade value will never amount to what it would have if they traded him when me and you said they should have traded him Damn right. uh, so teams teams aren't going to look at him going forward and go oh yeah we'll get we'll give the the entire farm for DeMarcus Cousins now no teams will be like yeah i'm going to need a lot <laughs> if you want me to take uh DeMarcus Cousins be Only yeah. because that injury is like, if you ask somebody at basketball, what's the worst injury you could ever uh, imagine having? That would be one of the worst injuries uh, a, a guy could ever think of having. So it's like, if, I, if I'm another team, I'm not necessarily saying no to getting him, but you'd have to make it the greatest offer. Like, him alone isn't good enough anymore. You'd have to make it really good for me to pull right. the trigger on it.
0: Right, which is why, why why I say right now with this kind of moment of doubt lingering in the air, like, you know, go ahead and do it. And you know what? If, if, uh, if AD marches into your office and says, well, you know, I demand to be traded, now's the year you want to trade him anyway because he's always yeah. hurt. He's still in his prime. And you have two teams out there in the Celtics and the um, – uh, Sixers, who both would desperately love to have him, and you can just make each of them bid and try to outbid each other, and you can the the value that you could get back for him is just utterly tremendous. Like I I I know you've heard me say this before. I'm like like such a huge fan of them trading, um, pairing AD and. Um, Drew Holiday, and sending those two guys to Philly, and getting back J.J. Reddick's expiring contract, getting back um, Amir Johnson's expiring contract, Daria Saric, and um, Markel Fultz. Another guy who's like, hadn't quite figured it out. And I would also want some other picks. Uh, like, I would, I'd probably want that Lakers pick, um, and, and probably even, you know, a couple more, maybe second-rounders, Maybe um, even another first rounder, it's hard to say what the market would be on it. Um, but, like, you could just get such an extreme haul. And if, if you if you are rebuilding and you could move AD, you move DeMarcus, then you can move AD and you can move um, Drew Holiday, you get, like, a chance to totally start fresh. And you know what? Like, yeah, Markel Fultz is having his struggles, but if he figures it out, like, he, he's got some some little thing wrong with his shot. Like that's not nearly as bad as having a player that you're about to give a max contract to who just tore his Achilles.
1: <laughs> like,
0: um, yeah. I mean, but and, even
1: even in the even in the sense of Markel Folt, it's fixable. I I believe the reason why he's right. shooting so weird is because of his shoulder. So if that completely right. heals up and he can go back to you know the way he was he was shooting before, then that's not a big right. issue. Um, you know, so, you know, I wouldn't pass up on getting that. I told you the only reason why I hated the idea of that trade is I I, I don't want anything good for Philly. Like I, I oh, I'm I sorry, Philly, it's man. just in my blood. I don't want well, here's anything the thing, good though. for Philly. Here's
0: the crazy thing though, is like you, you would now have Philly who would have, uh, Embiid and Davis. So same kind of injury, uh concerns. I mean I, I I totally think you do it if you're Philly. I mean, if you're Philly, um literally every single starter on your team has a 7-foot wingspan. <laughs> Drew Holiday has a 7-foot yeah. wingspan and Rocco has a 7-foot wingspan and you know the other guys do. So like like that I mean that's just the, that team would be so good defensively. Um like you you there's just so much you could give up and because they have the expiring contracts of Reddick and and Amir Johnson um that are that are just so overpriced um you know you 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 have enough assets uh and because Fultz was the number one overall pick and so that means his his uh contract is a little higher you know you have the assets to be able to make it work then you could even throw in a couple of your expiring uh contracts uh to, if, if the six are like you could throw in like Ian Clark um, and Tony Allen, or you know um, somebody like that who's a who's a cheap, uh, or maybe Dante Cunningham, that would be a good pickup for them, um, you know, with the versatility of being able to play the three and the four. So I mean, there's a lot of pieces and parts that would be moving in that deal, but but then I mean, you could you could negotiate that, and at the same time negotiate with Boston, and of course, this is I'm saying this as as, like, this is – you would do this if Anthony Davis marched in and said, I want to be traded. Like, if he doesn't, then fine. Like, you could keep him. Um, like, you wouldn't have to trade him. But, I mean, if he did march in and say, well, I want to be traded, okay, fine. Like, we're, we're – let me let me get on the phone uh, with Danny Ainge right now, and then I'm going to, um, you know, immediately go call uh, Colangelo because, you know, like – Danny Ainge has a little more assets, but Colangelo is probably willing to give up more of those assets that they have. So, um, cause that's just yeah. kind of the way uh, Colangelo is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting. I, I, I mean, obviously it doesn't look like that's the, re- the direction they're going to take, um, but it will be, it will be intriguing to see what, um, you know, what kind of, what kind of, uh, you know, pieces, parts they they get to to go around AD for the rest of the season and what they do with DeMarcus in the future. So um, let's move on. Uh, Kevin Love, uh, another injury. He'll miss six to eight weeks with a broken hand. Um, I know we've been kind of debating this for a little while, but, like, are you are you ready to say just like the Cavs are fucked?
1: Um, it's weird. It's weird. Um, I, it's the same thing you and Joel always tell me. Um, even though I said before any of the disruptions and the injuries, I thought this was the year um, someone was going to knock the Cavs off. I think I named like six Eastern Conference teams. At one point. <laughs> who
0: could potentially
1: um, do it, yeah. <laughs> who could potentially do it. I don't know if I can say they suck only because we've seen Januarys. We haven't seen them historically be this horrible defensively, but we've seen them be this disoriented in the month of January. And somehow they always, the finals. So suck, I don't know if I can say that yet. If, if we have, if they have a month like they did in January, in February, yes, I will stamp the word suck on their logo. Um, but anytime you have a LeBron James, as long as he wants to play hard, um, I think that is like the, the greatest chance anyone could have uh, is, is having a LeBron James on your roster. Um, it's, it's that That's what I'm going to hang my hat on, is that LeBron, when he turns it on, he'll turn it on. Cause the thing I keep thinking of, Nick, even though I, I want this to be the year Boston uh, gets to the, uh, the the finals, I think about that, that game LeBron had against Boston in the Eastern Conference finals where he just went into, like, this enragement uh, that he completely turned into, like, this assassin that was like, nah, Boston's not kicking me out again. This is my year. Um, so knowing that he can tap into uh, – you know, something like that. Just a pure assassin, um, just to avoid getting something like not making to the making it to the finals. Um, I, I won't say they suck, but I will say this: they are looking really dumb for making that that Isaiah Thomas uh, Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, outside of that yeah. pick, they are looking purely like idiots, mainly for the the pure fact that they didn't have to trade Kyrie. Uh, I think that's what they're they're having nightmares about right now. Um, Also, the idea of – because this team didn't drastically change. Outside of Wade, um, Crowder, and Isaiah, everyone else was there last year. But what they had was the ultimate perfume. Kyrie, his offense was so good, it kind of covered up how bad their defense was. Because when you're scoring at a high rate, you know, your defense can be bad because the other team has to stop you from scoring. So you're betting well, and on – especially okay, when you I need, can I need score only... the
0: way Kyrie scores, when you can right. hold the ball so for a little betting... while and let some clock run.
1: Exactly. So you're betting on the idea of, all right, we can make a, a stop here and there, but they can't stop us at all. So, I, you know, right. they don't have that same thing. And that's why I was telling you guys back when the trade first happened. I didn't – and, again, this is way too early to, to – Criticized the play of Isaiah because uh, he didn't have a full training camp and stuff like that. But I just didn't think Isaiah could do offensively anywhere near what Kyrie could do. He can create his own offense, and I I never believed Isaiah could do that create his own offense. Well, I mean, he did it last so that's year. That's what makes he did it last year, but it was I don't I don't can you say it was in the same way as as Kyrie?
0: Oh it was it was similar as far as their drives to the basket um and and how they could do the pull up mid range um mm-hmm. i it's it's but the 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 acts are similar the ways in which they go about them are not similar, like the way that Isaiah drives to the bucket i mean he's still knocking down those little floaters in the paint um because you know that's his shot. Kyrie just beats you to the bucket. Um, like I mean, that's just that's what he does. Like you're, you're
1: and he dances hard,
0: on you. are yeah, and, right. And and obviously, it, you know, he, uh, kind of relied a lot more on the the pick and roll, uh, different screen systems set up by, uh, Stevens, um, and he's not seeing that this year and i think you know it's just it's it's been a it it's just been really tough for them especially with cleveland um you know not having him during training camp not having the ability to kind of put these different uh um ways in, in which you know it can uh really benefit i i definitely think that it's it's hurt them a lot and i will say this too um it can't lift up and and shoot jumpers in someone's face at the three point line. He just like can't Kyrie do that. Thing. Kyrie does it like five times a game. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's another thing right there. Like Kyrie's not. I'm, I'm sorry, It's not making that game winning shot against Golden State. That's not going. That's getting no. blocked. So
1: yeah, <laughs> Steph's blocking that. I I will say this also. Um, the biggest thing I've I've started to excuse me, recognize about this Cleveland team, they're not a scheme kind of team. And what I mean by that is, they don't run a lot of plays. They have a lot of guys that just shoot. So it's like, you don't have X's and O's guys. You just have guys that's like, all right, LeBron's going to drive. You know, he's going to get doubled. When he gets doubled, make your shot. And it's like, when you have a system like that, and then you bring in a guy who wants to try to create his own offense, it's like, yeah, but that's kind of more catered to an X and an O. Like Kyrie isn't in Cleveland last year, wasn't really going by X's and O's. It was by Kyrie, whatever Kyrie wanted to do. So, and then LeBron was just like, all right, he's so gifted as a scorer, just do it. I don't care. So now, you know, that you don't have that, it's like, all right, well, you kind of have to draw up plays for Isaiah, more screens. More, more stuff like that. Get him some more uh get him some mid range looks. He's not a guy you can tell to just sit in a corner and, and make an open three. That that's not where he feels as though he's the most effective. So I mean they just never really can cater to to Isaiah's strength and I think that's gonna be one of their, their biggest uh things to you know uh to, to try to get over. But I will say the biggest issue they're gonna have is Let's say they figure this out, right? Like they figure out how to get IT going. You know, they go on this huge win streak. Everything's going to change in six to eight weeks when, when Love gets back. Kevin Love and then I think back. we're going to have this same exact problem. Because the problem is Isaiah and Kevin Love cannot play together because Kevin, the, the way Kevin Love is effective is by giving him the ball. The way Isaiah is effective is by giving him the ball. But when you have LeBron, it's like, all right, well, it's not going to go three ways. That's not how this team goes. When they had Kyrie last year, it went two ways. You just had LeBron as a gifted passer so he'd get Kevin Love's good look. But right. don't, you know, don't get it twisted. The ball goes through LeBron and Kyrie. So it's like Isaiah thrives when he has the ball. Kevin Love thrives when he has the ball. So when Kevin Love does get back, if they, if they can put a Band-Aid on it uh, while Kevin Love's gone and, and, win, you know, and win some games in his absence, it's going to completely uh be a mess again once Kevin Love gets back, especially because, you know, they don't get along in the locker room as it is. So it's like uh, I I don't know, but to answer your initial question, I won't say suck yet, but this is this is horrible. <laughs> this is like yeah. state might well, walk out in 4.
0: Well, and here's the here's the thing like I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, especially the last bit about if they start connecting and clicking and what have you like uh, when Kevin Love comes back, it's going to be different. Um, I think, I think they, I mean, and we've, we've addressed this a lot, but they really need to have a new team when Kevin Love comes back. Like they need to have (laughs) by the trade deadline, they need to move a lot of different pieces and parts. And I'm not exactly sure what that is. I definitely don't think George Hill is the answer. It seems like the Cavaliers have, kind of cooled down on the, on making that, that deal, um, which, uh, it was similar to the Miritich deal. I had to do with, uh, some contractual, um, uh, things that they wanted George Hill to, to, um, kind of meet them uh, halfway with or or something to that effect that he wasn't willing to do. Um, so the, the, the trade, you know, doesn't look like it's going to happen as it was constructed. Um, I still say, uh, you know, if you can get either uh, Kimba Walker or preferably Damian Lillard, um, you know, you try to maybe make a move there. Um, and I still say that they need to try to see if they can put a package together to get Kent Bazemore and Dwayne Dedman, Um, because those two guys would help them so much. Kent Bazemore is a great wing defender. He's having the best season of his career. Um Dwayne Dedman shoots like 37% from three, and he's seven feet tall. He can, you know, guard the rim. You can move Kevin back to the power forward position. They have the assets to get the, to get, you know, they definitely have the assets to get the deal done with the Hawks, especially considering because the Hawks own their 2019 pick, um, they can avoid the Steppian rule by moving that pick Um, So if if they give, say, the Hawks their 2018 pick, they can take back the 2019 pick, which then frees up the 2020 pick. There's a lot of different ways that they can make deals with the Hawks' work. So if they can go out and get a Dame Lillard or a Kimba Walker, um, you know, I would feel so much more comfortable with Damian Lillard than Kimba Walker um, if I'm giving up the Nets pick, A, because Lillard is obviously better, um, and B, because Kimba's only signed for – um, one more season after this one. Um, so if, if LeBron left, you would probably be looking to immediately flip him. Whereas if LeBron left and you had Dame Lillard, you could, you know, be comfortable in the fact that you still had him a couple more seasons. Uh, but I think the biggest thing for them is they have to figure out some package um, to go with, to to, to net themselves uh, a, a a valuable team for Kevin Love to come back to and fit in with. Um, Cause what they have now is not going to work. And like you said, even if they go on a run, now you're doing it without Kevin Love. And so when he comes back, where does he fit in? How does he work? I mean, I guess, unless you decide you want to trade Kevin Love, which I think everybody here at full court press thinks is just stupid. Um, Cause Kevin Love's not the problem with that team. Uh, nope. So, yeah, man, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, and th- that's that's the thing. I I just I feel like a this might be the season when they finally get ousted because of just how one thing keeps happening after another. Um, and and B, uh, the the crazy thing is like. As this team is currently constructed, I would still favor them to beat Boston, but I have no doubt in my mind that Boston would give the Warriors a much better series. So it's like even yep. if even if even if the Cavs beat Boston, they get swept. If if Boston somehow managed to beat the Cavs, they probably push it six. I, I think they would push it to six, maybe maybe even seven. Like, they just play the Warriors so well. Um, Yep. And, like, Brad Stevens knows how to coach against that team. uh, And he doesn't quite have the personnel yet um, to be able to do it. Um, But, you know, they do have the, the Gordon Hayward will be back, especially if you make it to the finals, like, where he could, he could be your sixth man um, for the rest of the season. Uh, And they, they still have the the um, the uh, the player option uh, or player exception rather that was picked up um, because of the the Hayward trade uh, and they still have assets that they can use to, to bolster their roster so there's a lot of things at play here uh, for for um, for Boston to improve as well but I definitely think that um, if there's any team that comes out of the East that at least matches up well against Golden State is definitely Boston.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I was even going to say uh, the trade that we're hearing about, Tyreek Evans definitely would do yeah. uh, a lot of good things for that team. Uh, but would you give yeah, up your I
0: first mean, round pick for him?
1: No. No. No, I wouldn't. No. Hear. No. no. Um, so, yeah, even if they don't make any moves and they want to hold on to all their assets like Ainge is, uh, is known to do. Um, I still think that team could beat Cleveland uh, the way they've been yeah. playing. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think Boston is better than Cleveland only because Cleveland has LeBron James. Um, right. But outside of that, yeah, Boston can catch them. Absolutely. And uh, if the East stays the way that it is, Boston would have home court. Um, so that definitely would be in their favor. Yeah, so I, I say this. If I'm the NBA – and I know a lot of people uh, don't don't like to hear this, but from the NBA, there's no way, no way, especially if the Cavs don't make any moves. There's no way I want to televise that series at all, at all, at all, Warriors and Cavs, because it'd be over in four. Because the crazy thing is I was looking looking at the last time the Warriors and and Cavs played uh, in the regular season this year. They were saying the biggest asset of having Jay Crowder is he could guard Durant and let LeBron kind of focus on Draymond or, or whatever else. Nope. The two times that they played, that was very unaffected. Like, they, they didn't really do anything. They didn't help the problem at all. If anything, yeah. it was helping Durant get easier buckets than he would have on LeBron. So it's just like, yeah, yeah this, there's nothing have to guard this roster has. The entire yeah. time. You can't put Crowder on him. Yeah. Durant was killing the, Crowder. Thing so thing it's is, like, you, yeah, that, that, that's bad. You could
0: potentially put Basemore on him in short spurts. Um if you if you got Basemore. Um Bazemore's given up probably about six inches. Um but I mean I mean I, I think Basemore's only an inch shorter than Crowder. Um I think Basemore's six five and Crowder's six six. Um and the uh other thing is too Basemore's got a really long wingspan. Um I think he's got close to, if not a seven foot wingspan. Uh, so I, I think that is, you know, because of his young legs and everything else. Um, I, I think that could be effective in short bursts, but I think if you did make that trade, you would like, you would really want baysmore more to guard Curry because I would feel like six, five versus uh, Curry's like six, two, six, three, um, like you'd have the advantage there and then I you know I still feel like LeBron has to guard KD for the majority um of the game. Uh but yeah, yeah I mean it's it, it it's just man it, there's so many things up in the air. I think we're going to have a lot clearer picture um in a week once the trade deadline uh comes and goes because yep. I really don't think uh love is is um, I, I, you know I don't think he's going to come back to the same team. And if we have a different picture of who's in and who's out and everything else, you know, we'll be able to make a better judgment on how him coming back will, um, you know, go into effect and and what they do in his absence will mean for uh, his return. A lot of things, a lot of things at play, by the way, um, replacement for Kevin Love, uh, Eastern conference, all-star spots uh you going with Jogic?
1: Absolutely that's the only person yeah. i'd even consider
0: Well I, it's weird i don't like i don't know how it works as far as the Blake trade like i don't know mm-hmm. if Blake would even qualify or if Tobias Harris would would qualify as an eastern because uh, you know Tobias Harris got a little bit of buzz um, but nevertheless, I still think it's a shame that the Miami Heat don't have one fucking All Star. Um, they're fourth fourth in the East. They don't have one All Star. Um, so yeah,
1: I I just hope took so. It,
0: I really hope it. They just
1: target. took it to um. They just took it to Cleveland, only losing by two. So yeah, you're telling yeah. me that team can't have an All Star. Yeah, I I think that's 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 uh that's baloney. So yeah, I, Goran yeah. Dragic to me is the only person that. That deserves I'm sorry. Philly can't have two All-Stars. Not with that record. Sorry.
0: No, I agree. Um, And I love Ben Simmons. But the other thing, too, I'm, like, a big proponent in people waiting their damn turn. Um, And, like, (laughs) you know, maybe not if it's close. Like, it drove me crazy when it was 100% fan vote and you got, like, Dwayne Wade voted as a starter for like two or three years longer than he should have been, and Kobe with the same thing, just because of their popularity. But you're talking about a coach's pick, and if it's that close, I'm definitely going with Dragich. Um,
1: Absolutely, know, his
0: team has his team has more wins, and he has uh, a long, uh, storied career. uh, You know, playing in the NBA, I definitely think you know he deserves the spot. Benson will. will He'll get his day in the sun and he can have fun uh playing in the rising stars competition.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um
0: but yeah, so that'll be a that'll be a fun little thing to watch. Um and of course we'll keep y'all updated on that uh via the Facebook page as we hear news on it. Um next topic, John Wall will also miss six to eight weeks. They're saying two months, but I heard six weeks originally, so I'm just gonna say six to eight weeks. Um uh with uh to to have minor surgery on his knee. Um so, uh Juwan is Washington flux
1: <laughs> Um I'll say this. Strangely uh and I don't necessarily think it's strange, but Bradley Beal plays better when John Wall's out. Like I mean, It is
0: it really kind of strange. Yeah.
1: Um so that doesn't mean Sateranski man. Sateranski's
0: you know, underrated.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that that is true. He's definitely not John Wall, but he definitely is uh right. underrated. Um I will say this. If Bradley Beal can keep up uh with his numbers that he's been putting up when Wall's out, um yeah. They definitely can stay afloat. By stay afloat, I just mean making the playoffs. Uh, they right. will definitely drop from wherever they are. I, I don't even know where they are uh, at this moment. Um, but they, six. Bradley Beal can keep it up. You said six? Okay, then yeah. I, I think, I think at, so. at you know, at, at the worst, uh, well, that's obviously the worst it can get. They'll be in eighth seed. Um and I believe if John Wall can come back healthy, they can give Boston uh, a a good series. Definitely lose because you know I I need Kyrie to make the finals. Um, they're at five. But yeah, I don't think they're doomed. Oh, they're at five. Okay, they're, cool.
0: They're, well, they're um, tied for fifth. They're they're tied with Indiana, but they I guess they hold the tiebreaker. So, um, oh, but uh, if but here's the thing, uh, Milwaukee's only a half game back at number seven and Philly is only three games back at number eight, and then Detroit is sitting um, five and a half games back and just got Blake. So, I don't know, man. Like, Washington could be in in for, uh, like you said, I mean, it's, it's really going to depend on Beal, um, but they just they have no depth. They have zero None. depth. That's what and I said, It
1: only depends on, on Beal. Like, that's the only person you can put it on.
0: Right. And maybe, like, maybe, you know, Otto Porter, you just signed, like, a $125 million contract. It'd be nice if you did
1: something once in a while. (laughs) That'd be really nice. Um, But I I will say, John Wall's injury is another main reason why you definitely want to, you know, answer the phone if Pelicans call about DeMarcus Cousins because if you know bill's gonna i not bill Wall's all these little surgeries on his knees on 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 his legs stuff like that he's gonna start to lose his 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 uh his jump and his biggest component is his athleticism so if he his starts speed. to lose that yeah his speed and his athleticism absolutely so if he starts to lose that you might need someone who can at least give you uh 15 and 10 or 15 and 6 around there if DeMarcus doesn't come back to what he was this year or, or even a year before so you'll definitely need somebody else that can kind of help deal out uh, if wall starts to lose it a little bit so but yeah if, if I'm Washington and this team in six weeks looks like they're doomed I'm keeping him out the full two months I'm not forcing him back to possibly risk uh, you know making things worse because you're not really gonna do anything anyway. So I'm gonna let him Yeah, you're gonna lose the
0: Boston or Toronto. To with
1: that. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. forcing him back. If in if in six weeks we look like hot garbage and we look like we're barely gonna make it, I'm not I'm not forcing him back. Keep him out. Uh and then, you know, let let's look forward to the next year.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but that, again, that's that's kinda of one of the kind of one of the things why I think like if you're the Pelicans, like the fact that John Wall's out and obviously, you know, with Boogie being out, you know, if they made a, if they made a play for their future, which I think they would make, and you got their draft pick, that pick could all of a sudden become very valuable with Wall missing six to eight weeks, you taking Cortot and Oubre off their roster and them not having cousins until next year. Um, So, you know, I mean, it's, it's just something to think about. I think it could, could definitely work out for them, but yeah, I I uh, I don't know. I don't I don't really have a lot of faith. Um, I I I kind of hate Washington. They're just they're like <laughs> I guess they're my they're my Philly, if you will. Like I I like John Wall, um, and I like Bradley Beal. I just you know, I just don't like Washington. And well, a they're in our division, so there's that, which I know isn't that important in, in basketball, but still. Um, they knocked us out of the playoffs last year, so that kind of pissed me off. Um, and I, I just, I've just, I've just never been a big fan, man. And the Wizards is one of the stupidest fucking mascots in the NBA. The Washington Wizards. I
1: agree.
0: Like that, that's, you were so much cooler when you were the Bullets, man. Like that was, a, that was I, cool. Um,
1: honestly, I hated the Wizards from the uh, Gilbert Arenas uh, era because I was never in Oh yeah, a fan those jerseys.
0: Arenas. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. either, and, and those, those jerseys man. were atrocious. Yeah, at least yeah. They're, at least they've gone back to the bullets colors now. They're not, you know, yep. they still have the wizards name, but at least they're back to the bullets colors because those like, man, what were they were like a kind of like a teal, um, ish color, but it wasn't really teal. I didn't have enough green to be teal. Um, but like, <laughs> man, they were they were ugly though. Like, they're. Terrible, terrible jerseys. I used to have one, though. Uh, I used to have a Michael Jordan Washington Wizards jersey when I was a kid.
1: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I will confess that. Um, but hey, like you know, it 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 was for MJ, it wasn't for. Don't get any ideas, Washington. Shit wasn't for you. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. I I don't know. I just. I, I don't have a lot of faith in them. They just—they lack a lot of depth. They were able to stay afloat earlier this year when it happened, um, but you know there a lot of that can depend on your scheduling and different things like that. And I don't—I don't know. I'm haven't researched the inner workings of their scheduling. Uh, that's the only things I do sometimes, and this is not one of the issues that I cared to do so on. I don't but, know. Uh, but there's yeah, but there's a lot of factors at play, so it could be. Interesting and uh, also interestingly enough, Andre Drummond going to replace John Wall in the All Star game. Uh, what were your thoughts on that?
1: Wait, say say one more time. Oh, Drummond's replacing John Wall. Uh, yeah, yeah, What, no, what were your
0: thoughts on him replacing?
1: Yeah, no, I love it. I think the two people I was saying uh, I wanted to be in it was Drummond and and uh, corn So I'm I'm happy for him because Drummond has been balling. Uh, so he definitely deserved, uh, a nod.
0: Absolutely. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of been the, the, uh, the successful quintessential old school center this season. Um, because, you know, I mean, there, there have been a couple, but he's been the one that's kind of been the best, um, definitely better than like your, uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan, um, or Dwight Howard. Um, who have both had respectable seasons um they just you know well Detroit's record is a little bit better um and you know Truman's just uh, younger and and more athletic and still still reasonably uh, great for what he does um uh, but yeah no, I totally agree and I like seeing the Pistons get an all-star I like I like all the teams you know to get at least one all-star like I like how baseball does it, and granted, basketball can't do it how baseball does it. But um, right. the more teams that get all stars, the happier I am. I like to see all the all all the fan bases get some representation, you know. So, um, you know, except for you know the Atlanta Hawks because we're just tanking and no one cares about it. <laughs> <us. laughs> but that's okay. Um, uh, anyway, moving on. Another injury man they just stacked up this week. Andre Robertson will miss the remainder of the season with a ruptured tendon in his leg. Um, there was the actual medical term, uh but I just said ruptured tendon in leg. I didn't worry about uh <laughs> what muscle it was or like I mean how many of y'all uh, how many of y'all out there listening would actually know what the hell I'm talking about when I read it, I was like, I don't know where that is. Yeah, I don't like I would, anatomy, not my thing. Didn't take it, wasn't required. Um but um but uh yeah, not not wasn't a big fan of uh science. Uh astrophysics I did like, but that was about it. Um but uh but yeah, I, I, Rob, Robertson's obviously pretty uh pretty inept when it comes to, like, shooting or free throws. Um, He's very, very uh, minuscule as far as to his offensive output, but his defensive um, uh, intensity and how they utilize him and how, um, you know, how ingrained he is in that roster's identity um, obviously mean a lot to this team. Uh, And, you know, frankly, they're going to need somebody to replace him. So, I mean, first things first, Do you think they, I mean, do you think the Thunder are going to try to go out and get somebody to, A, replace him, and if so, do you think he could be potentially involved in the trade, or do you think it will probably be um, some other pieces instead of Robertson? OKC is a pretty fiercely loyal organization. Um, Like, I honestly feel like, and you can call this crazy, but I feel like if they were like, a big trade away and they, and they needed like just an extra throwaway contract to make the money work. I'm not sure they would include Nick Collison in that like, they love Nick Collison. I just don't
1: think,
0: I just don't think they would ever trade him. That's just, that's one of the staples of Oklahoma city. They're so fiercely loyal to their guys.
1: To me, it depends on, it depends on that piece that they're getting. Like you saw how much they love cancer, but it's like, we got a shot at mellow. So like you kind of have to go. So I mean I I, I understand what you're saying. Collison's been there since like the the bricks were built of uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's right. that's a lot different. But Cancer they loved Cancer and Cancer loved them. Um, but to, right. to your question, so, I, I yeah, do not believe Robertson. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was just gonna say. So yeah, I I guess I would would consider Robertson a more Cantor esque. Um,
1: yeah, Thunders, absolutely.
0: Member of the Thunder, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I I heard um rumblings that the Thunder were interested in Courtney Lee. Um, I think that'd be great for like them. It. Um, I think that would definitely help them. Uh, because what you lacked in Robertson, you're getting in Courtney Lee, um, which is offense. And Courtney Lee doesn't play the greatest defense, but then again, that team usually doesn't play. Outside of Paul George and Adams, doesn't usually play the greatest defense. So it's they like have, as long collectively. as you get a, No, collectively. yeah. I'm just talking individually. But a big part of that has been yeah. But a big
0: part of that has been Robertson um, plugged into that Absolutely. unit. So you have to so you have to Absolutely. figure your 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 defensive prowess is going to take a hit. But yeah, I mean if you can get if you can get a player like Courtney Lee back, like that's going to go a long way to counteracting that by putting a shooter out there on the floor.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. like a 40% it, it three-point shooter. Especially because what you could do at that point is, um, because this is a strategy me and you have been preaching that OKC uh, needs to go after, but they've been lacking another guy to kind of help make that work. Um, you know, when uh, Russell Westbrook and um, uh, Paul George get tired, you can have Mello and, and Courtney Lee out there. And then switch. Sure. And then sit those two down, bring back in uh Westbrook and, and, and Paul George. So that definitely would help them in a lot of areas. And it'd be a really good pickup. I don't really know of anyone else. Um, I'm pretty sure you might have a few guys in mind. But when I heard that Courtney Lee thing, I was fine with it as long as we got back uh that young kid, Ferguson I think is his name. As yeah, long as we got James back Ferguson. that kid. As long as we got back that kid, I was fine. Yeah,
0: and I feel the same way. Like I would take any pieces, um, and I would even send them back a second rounder if I had to to get Ferguson, um, yep. just because I'm that I'm that high on the kid. I think um, I was I was pretty like I had him, I had his draft stock a little bit higher than most. I think I had him around sixteen or seventeen, and he ended up going twenty first overall, I believe. Um, so I, I I mean, obviously, I had him a little higher than he ended up going um and i i mean i just i think the kid's got talent i think he's shown spurts of of very good play i think he would fit well playing behind a guy like tim hardaway um especially mm-hmm. a guy like tim hardaway who he could also play alongside um i think there would be a lot of uh a lot of good aspects uh for them uh in acquiring him and if I'm okay, see, it's just it's such a tough decision. Um, you know, uh, Wesley Matthews also recently hit the block. Um, and so it's like, you know, you could go after any any number of, of these guys that have recently hit the block, and I think you could get them if you give up Ferguson. But do you really want to do that? Um, it's just, I mean, it really just depends to me on where you think Paul George is. So I think giving up Ferguson is a is a somewhat short sighted move uh, in the sense of your roster, but it's not necessarily if you think you know if if you're thinking that you really have to have a good playoff run in order to keep Paul George, then you know maybe you just you do part ways with Ferguson. Like he's going to be a good player. It sucks to give up somebody who's going to be good, but you don't know how good he's going to be and. You know how good Courtney Lee is. You know how good Wesley um, Matthews is. You know, well, you don't know exactly how good Avery Bradley is, but chances are you could probably get him for relatively cheap. So uh, it, maybe you could even pull off something, some way to get him without without including Ferguson. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of various options for them. But I think Courtney Lee is the one I like the most um simply because he signed on for 3 more years um at a at a reasonable salary it's a little high but it's not it's not super high and it's especially not super high given what kind of player he is um because his age is concerning but the kind of player that he is doesn't usually translate into a player who has um a very diminished Uh, return in the next two years Um, like he's already at where he's going to be at until I won't say he's exactly like Kyle Korver but it's like Kyle Korver is still effective at his age because of the kind of player he is I see Courtney Lee a lot like that Um, Wesley Matthews relies a lot more on athleticism and he's he's I think he's 29 maybe 30 actually I think he's in his early 30s. I think he's a little younger than Courtney Lee, but um, right around the same age. A slightly better player now, but is he going to be better in, you know, uh, next year or the year after? Plus, you've got to pay him more um, and, you don't, and you have him a year less. And then with Avery Bradley, he's obviously the youngest of the bunch, but he's had his injury concerns. He hasn't had a very good year, and you have to re-sign him next year. So, a lot, a lot of questions as far as you know any of those players um, are concerned but I think I, I think I like I, I really do like them going after Courtney Lee I just don't know if uh, I, I think the the Knicks would have to uh, sweeten the deal a little bit with that that Chicago and that Chicago second rounder back um, with with Courtney Lee and get say you know Ferguson um, maybe Robertson maybe instead of taking back Robertson maybe take back uh Abrinas and um uh, uh Kyle Singler the both two year deal guys so after next year they'd be off the books give you guys a little more cap space um uh, since Courtney Lee's got you know two more years instead of one more year after the season um yeah, just just um just spitballing here not one I've really actually thought out too much uh right uh, but yeah I, I, no, I, I do I, like it, though.
1: Yeah, no, I'm completely with you on that. I, I will say this. The Knicks are very high on Courtney Lee, um, so it won't be just any anything for them to give him away. Um, it will have to be something that, that benefits the Knicks uh, because if, if they don't feel as though it, it benefits them uh, tremendously, I don't think they'll get rid of Courtney Lee at all. Um, and, and I will add this also. The report that came out about that, um, it, it didn't say, like, talks were, you know, were heavy, and, and it, it was just, like, thunder-witting kind Courtney Lee. Yeah, yeah so one that, of those, I mean, that, they are that, interested in the that's, yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's all it was. That's all it was. So Which no one those are usually the like,
0: trades that don't happen.
1: <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, honestly, you got KP over there that's talking about he wants Nick to go after uh, a good veteran that can help them, uh, you know, push themselves into the playoff picture. And it's like, you don't get rid of Courtney Lee unless whoever that veteran right. you're looking to get is like a really top tier, uh, veteran, uh, that could right. kind of game change things for them. So I, I, I just don't see it, but if, if it like, is something, maybe weird, it's Tobias um, Harris. <laughs> I was saying that earlier. I was saying, and I was trying to tell Joel, excuse me, I get what he was saying. Um, but Tobias Harris is somebody the Knicks have been looking, looking at for years. Um, he was a player Mello wanted them to go after, um, but they just couldn't. They couldn't do it money wise. Um, yeah. But he is somebody that the Knicks have been looking, uh, looking at um, a lot over the last uh, handful of years. So he'd well, be a and- perfect person to to put in there with KP Cancer hard away, and uh, whether it's Jack or Nilakino, whoever, in case you have to get rid of Jack. Um, I think that could help the Knicks uh, change things and get get a seventh or eighth spot. Um, especially, we were just talking about if the Wizards are starting to fall off. I think the Knicks, but it has to be something they do now. It can't be right. something they, they wait until later on. Because, I mean, you're losing games. <laughs> so you're not right. really, like, if you're winning and, and trying to make and make strides and be different, but you're losing. So it's like if you right. wait to do this trade, that that won't really help this year. It would help next year. So I mean, right. if if I'm the Knicks, it's definitely something I'm sitting down and I'm giving a lot of thought to.
0: Yeah, you're you're two and a half games out of the playoffs, so you're not you're definitely still there. Um, but right. you know, yeah, like you said, you got to move now. The and and because um, even waiting a week, you know, might you might miss it by one game, you know? Um, exactly. but yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I, I would like to move. Um, I even think, you know, maybe I'm not sure they would want Courtney Lee, but you know, maybe, maybe if you get back Tobias Harris and, and whatever they're expecting in return for Tobias Harris is, you know, something that OKC could offer. Um, you know, and then they could get you know Courtney Lee, and you know whoever else is needed to make the to make the money work. I was about to say Doug McDermott, but can't trade him back, so uh, so that work. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to um, say that. <laughs> I'm sure you would, but you you can't. So. <laughs> you can't. Okay, so you'd
1: be like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, we we had him. Remember, we gave him to you. We don't want him back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, uh, r- real quick before we get into our last subject, uh, one more injury that, that popped up on our, our list uh, a couple of days back that I forgot to plug in the show. Conley is out for the season. Um, mm. so that's, that's kind of the last big one, uh, of, of, you know, the last week or so. Um, he's been ruled out for the rest of the season. He's going to have, um, some type of surgery um and uh hopefully we wish him well and hope he's back next season. Um he was my second overall pick in the fantasy basketball this season. Um so that's 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 a big bummer. Um so I, I essentially, you know what I'm saying is I feel Mike Connolly's pain. Um
1: <laughs>
0: he exactly. wanted to do well. Same I wanted him to do well, <laughs> like, you know, but uh, I will say this. Me.
1: Yeah. I will say this. Um Memphis every day that goes by that they're not shopping Marcus, they're looking more mistake. and more idiotic. Um uh, yeah. mainly because uh Conley going out like that shows you that he can't really be the guy going forward. And Marcus not getting any younger. So if you're Memphis, right. you need to start building from the ground up. And I don't think they have great draft picks but getting rid of uh, Gasol, you can get some good draft picks uh, for Gasol. So I think yeah. going by each each day, knowing that you're not going to be in the playoffs, like, at all, um, the more you let, a, you know, the days go by and you're not trading him, I I just think you're making a huge mistake.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, we, we discussed this. Uh, right around the Fisdale firing earlier this year. And um, how we kind of – I think at least – I think all three of us agreed they, that they should trade Gasol um, just because of, you know, where they've been at this season and, you know, what the kind of the kind of return that you could get for them right now versus, you know, that return being a lot less the next couple seasons. Because unlike what I was touting Courtney Lee for – uh, Gasol, um, while he's you know fundamentally sound and and all that, he's still a seven footer who's like a big dude. Like you never know when those kind of guys are gonna do something to their foot, and then at, at thirty, you know, two years old, like thirty three, however old he is, like you're done, son, like you're gone. So like, yeah, you. I mean, you're you're. And in, in you're fourth from last in the West. Uh, yeah, dude, you're not. You're you're uh, seven and a half games out of uh, you know contention uh, to make the playoffs. Like, yeah, you you've got to move Gasol and get something while you can. Um, and I think if this Blake Griffin uh, trade is any you know any indication, there are teams out there who will offer you, you know some good pieces. and you know what? If if you just don't like the landscape of where everybody's at, at right now, fine, trade him in the off season, but trade at least trade him by the off season. There's no reason to, you know, and 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 don't play him back-to-backs for the rest of the year. Like just rest that dude. Like do not let him get hurt because like you need to be able to trade him in the off season. Um you know, but but one way or the other, yeah, totally, totally got to get uh, get what you can for him. Uh, but moving on, our last report is a kind of an overtime report. We um, rambled on a lot last week, so we didn't get to touch base on this one. So I wanted to kind of rope back around it um, because it kind of fits in with our injury discussion. Um, Woods reported last week that Kawhi Leonard uh, is distant and disconnected from the Spurs and upset with how his rehab is being handled. Jalen Rose reported uh, Kawhi wants out of San Antonio due to the team's inability to attract marquee players to their team. Um, Of course, uh, R.C. Buford has come out and denied all of this. Uh, Coach Popovich has denied all of this. Um, uh, It's no surprise that no one can reach Kawhi Leonard for comment.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> and, uh, you know, what do you make of all of this? Uh, Juwan, is this a big deal, little deal, no deal?
1: Um, I'm going to say no deal, mainly because if you're Kawhi, you, you have to know San Antonio is not attracting uh, huge names, not because it's not a place people want to play, but it's like New England. Like, if you're a star receiver you don't go to New England because you won't be able to be a star receiver. They're a system. So that means if you're used to getting, I don't know, 2,000 yards and 100 receptions uh, a season, yeah, that's going to be cut almost like a hole, not in half, yeah. a hole going to a system like that. So if you're used to averaging, let's say, 28 points per game, you have Aldridge there and you have Kawhi there. So you're looking at maybe 20, 15. Uh, you know, around yeah, there. Just, so and it only took him like ahead. four
0: years to to figure out yeah. how to properly use LaMarcus Aldridge, so.
1: Exactly. So, I mean, if you're a star player, it's not that you don't want to go play for Pop in an organization like that. It's just if I'm if I'm used to being the guy, I know Pop doesn't play that. So he doesn't like the whole idea of having the guy. He just wants guys that fit into the system, put their heads down, go to work, and win championships. And a lot of guys aren't built like that. So I think that's what puts, what puts a lot of guys off. Um, so, I mean, I, I always say to players that play in, like, these crazy markets, you got to know w- what you're into, like, before you, you think about signing long-term or anything like that. Like, if you're Damian Lillard, why would you think anyone wants to go to Portland? Like Why would you right. think that? You know what I'm saying? So you just have to yeah. be smart about that. If you're Kristaps, why would you think anyone wants to play for that horrible organization? Why would you think anybody would want to tie their name to that after seeing what they just did to Melo? Like no one wants to do that. So I mean you just kinda mm-hmm. have to you kinda have to know the the game and understand where you are. And if you're Kawhi and that's why you don't want to be uh with Greg Popovich anymore, then I'd say maybe you just were never built or, or, or meant to be a spur. Um, if that's a mentality you have.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. Like It's not like Kawhi Leonard, I believe, was the number 10 overall pick in the draft. Um, But it's not like the Spurs had a record where they could draft him. They traded George Hill to the Pacers in order to be able to draft him. Like, they've always had a knack for putting their finger on talent. And, you know, every now and then, find an asset, they develop that asset, And then when the time is right, they end up, you know, turning that asset into an even better one. And that was exactly the case with George Hill and Kawhi Leonard because George Hill was a damn good player when they traded him for Kawhi Leonard. In fact, a lot of people were like, you just traded George Hill for Kawhi? Kawhi who? Like, what? (laughs) uh, So, you know, I mean, I think you definitely have to recognize there are very few teams in this league that are as well put together and I feel like Kawhi does I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna uh um put down Jalen Rose's reporting um but I I I find that very hard to believe. Um you know. I feel like if anything it's almost like you know, you know, Kawhi doesn't say much, but it's almost like he's like really upset because his injury is taking longer to rehab than you know what everybody expected and then like you know he's sitting quietly on the couch and he just kind of like mumbles to himself like these these motherfuckers don't even get me any help anyway <laughs> and like <laughs> and then like his it, you know his, his homeboy or whoever is like chilling with him it's like, damn, I can't believe you just said that. And then somehow, some way that gets rode back to Jalen Rose, you know, like just something that like anybody might say casually because I just don't I mean, see him you know, I, I think honestly, I think this is a classic case of uh, the the damn game where you you line up all the kids in the classroom and they whisper in each other's ear, and by the time you get from the first person to the last person, it's completely different. <laughs> it's changed. I think that's
1: yeah. yeah no, I think that's I, I what think we got also, going on here. I think also we have to remember a lot of these guys that are ex players, like Dion Sanders, says a lot of things sometimes that like gets back to the players, and they're like, "Oh, I never said that." Well, somebody said something to Dion Sanders. I don't believe Deion Sanders just pulled that out of thin air. So, with the situation, right. just like Rose, I, don't I agree think, with obviously, you, right. I believe, Yeah, I don't, I don't I think he pulled someone, it out of thin air either. I believe someone in that organization said that. I just don't believe it was Kawhi. I don't believe right. it was directly from Kawhi. Like, I don't think Kawhi sat down with, like, a towel boy or somebody and was like, man, <laughs> I need some more help. I want to leave if I don't get it. And then that towel boy right. was like, Jalen, guess what I just heard. I don't think anything, right. anything like that. I think it's growing frustration with him not being able to play, not being able to be out there. Because if you're Kawhi and you're, your argument is you don't have enough help, but yet you were in the Western Conference Finals last year, what are you crying about? Like, I get you didn't get right. to play in it because you were injured, but you were there. So you had help enough to get there. And LaMarcus right. Aldridge wasn't even playing his best, and you still got there. So, to me, yep. if, if this is truly from Kawhi, he doesn't have what it takes to be a spur. He doesn't. Tim Duncan went into work every day, put his head down, did what he needed to do, got all those rings out of it. If you're Kawhi, who looks like he's Tim Duncan's child um, and acts like <laughs> it, um, you need to follow the same formula: put your head down, go to work, and Pop will get you championships at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, if that's not what he wants to do, that's fine. I just, I, I just find it hard to believe that, like, I even if that's the case, I just find it hard to believe that he would say what it is that Jalen heard he had said. I just don't, Yeah. I just don't buy it. You know, that part, I just don't buy as far as him being very upset about the injury. I'm sure he is, man. Like, you know, being hurt sucks. Like, and, you know, I, I the thing is, though, it's it's like, it's in everybody's best interest to get Kawhi Leonard back on the court, so you know it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how this, you know, if if he even gets back this season, um, can can he you know get back to how he was playing last year before he went down with the injury, um, and what what you know they could potentially achieve, um, you know, with him, and then it'll also be interesting to see whether or whether or not he comes back this year, if they offer him that supermax extension that they can offer him at the end of the season or in the off season. Um, I mean, cause like here, honestly, here's the thing, if they offer him the supermax and he turns it down, I will, I will come back on here and say, you know what? I was wrong. And I, you know, or I'll say, I actually, I've changed my mind. Like I think Jalen Rose was right, <laughs> but like I well, don't I'll, think it's gonna I'll say happen. This.
1: I'll say this: I'll say if he turns it down, it doesn't necessarily make Jalen Rose uh, Jalen Rose's story true. We wouldn't know why. No, he it doesn't. It down. Yeah, no, it doesn't uh, make there be, it. There could be numerous reasons sure. why he turned it down. But I mean, also if Still, you're Kawhi, I believe. Turn that down. <laughs> Right, I agree. Um, to give up working with Pop, I, I think that'd be idiotic. But
0: anyway. Well, and, um, and to give up $200 million.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true also. Um, I, I'll say this. If you're Kawhi, since you've been there, I believe you've gotten two rings or is it just one? Did they only get one? No, I'm pretty sure it's two. I think it was two. Yeah, cause I think, no, because LeBron didn't lose to the Spurs three times. He only lost to them twice. Yeah, one, yeah, one you're when right. He had, one when he had kibbles and bids. Yeah, because yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi wasn't there
0: in yeah. F7. He was there for 14.
1: Right, right. So he only has one ring. But he, but he also MVP
0: got a finals MVP. To go with that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So if you're Kawhi, you, within your first few years, you've been in the finals back-to-back years. And you've been either deep in the playoffs or in the Western Conference finals uh, since then. So it's like... I get that you you feel as though you need another piece to put you over that hump. But to me, if you're able to be in that position to where you're either in the finals with a chance to win it or you're in the Western Conference Finals with a chance to go to the finals, I just feel as though it might be like a few nagging injuries. I do believe Tony Parker has to get out of there. I do believe at some point uh, Manu Ginobili not going to be able to keep looking like he's 34 um so you'll have to you know fix the roster at some point but I don't think this team's missing like a Paul George I think that that puts you over the top but as far as like you need more help Popovich in the offseason will either go overseas or, or find somebody that's a free agent to pair up with LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi and bring that team back to the dominance that they were a year or two ago so Pop will find a way to make that work but for him to say he needs help, I find that as laughable as when LeBron said it. It's like, wait, what? You're going on your eighth straight finals or seventh straight finals at that time, and you need help? Yeah. man, you better suck this up and, and, and get that <laughs> the East and head to the finals and get that sweet. You don't need no help, man. You know, just yeah. just, just take your lashings as, as they come. But yeah, uh, I I I won't diminish uh, Jalen we, Rose's be uh, fair, credibility, but we, I will.
0: We all know that LeBron did need help.
1: <laughs> well, if we're saying help as far as then like you needed something to beat the Warriors,
0: all, right. all that's teams what I'm, in the NBA that's what I'm need
1: saying. help. <laughs> all teams in the NBA need help. I don't help know man. The, hey,
0: this, the before Kawhi went down last year, the Spurs were looking like they were right on pace to win Game One. So, um, listen,
1: listen, man, I am one. Of the rare I, and, and, like, I'll
0: who go back to it again. Spurs
1: could have knocked them off.
0: I I think the two teams that have the best chance are a healthy Spurs team and a healthy Celtics team. Um, I would yeah. say third would be Houston. Um, yep. But, like, those are the two teams because they just they have the two best coaches. Like <laughs> You just mm-hmm. – people don't put enough stock in it, but you can get out-coached in the NBA, and Brad Stevens and, and Greg and, Popovich are the two guys who will mean, give it to you.
1: Think about it like this. Think about how, like, that year, uh, the first year, I believe, the Heat played the Spurs in the finals. Think about how how basic this idea is, but how effective it was. Popovich kept telling mm-hmm. Kawhi, no, don't play up on LeBron. You make him shoot. Right. And that almost was like that. That almost completely changed <laughs> like that whole series because Kawhi just kept playing off of LeBron. Like, no, you're going to have to drive it. I want you to shoot it. That made LeBron have to become a better shooter, both from the three-point and from the mid-range. So, like, just small things like that that other coaches weren't able to implement against LeBron. Popovich took the most simplest idea and made it such such a, a huge a huge uh, thing and almost a defining thing in the finals. So it's like, yeah, if anyone can, can knock off Golden State, I, I, I completely agree with you. It's a completely healthy Spurs and a completely healthy Boston Celtics.
0: Yep. Yes sir. Um well that that's going to wrap it up for us for tonight everyone. Thank you for joining us. Uh Joel is going to be on hiatus uh for a little bit. Uh he got a he he, he, fi- he finally found the house he wants. So uh he and his beautiful family are going to be moving into their new house and we wish them all the best.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um so uh, so we wish them all the best, and we're going to, of course, give him all the time he needs. So uh, you should probably we'll, – we'll probably be looking at having him uh, be back in about a month's time um, somewhere in that ballpark. But we'll keep you posted. Um, and then, Juwan, do you want to uh, tell the listeners uh, when they can catch us for Geek Vibes Live?
1: Yes, we will be airing a special episode of Geek Vibes Live this Saturday, so we don't have to take anybody away from the amazing Super Bowl and another Patriots win. Um, but, yeah, check us out Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, we will be still doing an episode, but it will be uh, Saturday. And stay tuned. I did not forget about you guys. We still will be doing the giveaway for Black Panther uh, tickets, so stay tuned.
0: Excellent. Um, can I, can I win those, or do I not qualify for that?
1: <laughs> no, you you don't qualify. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! All right,
0: well, it was it was worth a shot, man. Uh, well, anyway, thank you guys for for listening. Um, it was another fun episode, Juwan, As always, thank you for joining me, and we will Absolutely. see you guys next week, same time, same channel, Geek Vibes Nation, Full Court Press, every Wednesday at nine o'clock. Peace out, y'all.
1: Peace.